there. Happy Tuesday, and welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast. Presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And how's it going, everybody? I want to thank you for joining us today as we kick off this week's slate of shows. And I hope that you and your families had a great and safe 4th of July weekend. I'm your host today, Will DeWitt. Join with me is Nicholas Moriano, who is sporting a slightly different look, different camera, and... Well, if you're watching, I think you can tell right away what's going on. What happened? Uh, you have to blame Mr. Mr. Moriano for looking at me. He couldn't he couldn't take it anymore, you guys. The mustache, he's like, you just gotta shave it off. I had family members come over on Saturday, or like you like a, you look like a cheap porn star. Like you just need to take that <laughs> off. Yeah, I'm like, I'm getting that from my my uncles, my my aunts, my my friends, mom and dad. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I oh. have to shave it off. But I was telling you guys before we went live, like most likely my, my mustache will be back by Friday, if not Saturday at the latest. Oh, man, the chat is already upset with you. Where is I know. The I look, now I look like I'm 12. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I could look like I'm older with a mustache or shave it off completely. It's 12 years uh, old, and then just the beard uh, is probably man. normal. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> can never win. <laughs> See, I, I felt know. bad for the caterpillar comment last week, and I was like sitting <laughs> after the show. I'm like, was that too far? But at oh, least no. I didn't call you a cheap porn star on on air. Yeah, well, my uncle's like, fair. my uncle's like, oh, you're gonna come out like pizza delivery is here. That's some some crazy action. Oh, I was like, uh, no, no, I'm not. I don't know if I want to hang out at the Moriano family parties. You guys are vicious. A lot of tequila. So okay. if, if you like tequila, Lawrence, um, my mom's the queen. Okay, I'll be right over then. <laughs> Perfect. Tequila doesn't right. make me angry or anything. It does the opposite. Very caring when I have some tequila, uh, to say the least. But, oh, Nick, man. Uh, the, the stash is gone. Any Anything else new throughout the weekend? Uh, no, Other than the stash being gone, that's about it. And that was uh, apparently my uh, – Stephanie, my girlfriend, recorded me. Sh- like, I, look, I was uh, I was on another level on Saturday. So I guess I, I said, like, oh, the world's going to be unhappy. That this is happening, so I shaved out the mustache. She has a video. I might share that later. Uh, we'll see. But video. I know, I know. She sent it through Snapchat. I think it, you know, disappeared. Snapchat. After. You can still use Snapchat? What the hell's going on around here? Of course, it's got You gotta have Snapchat. No, no, just me. I, I don't know. I'm an old man. I don't understand the concept. Never really got into it, anyways. But I feel like that was many years ago when that was a thing. No, it's know. still a thing. It's still like mm. it's still there. <laughs> I still use it. There's still an app, and people yeah, still get out of your way. At least people who talk to Nick still use it. Yes. Yep. Those are the only people. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of take just a moment uh, just to kind of start off today's show uh, to kind of pass, you know, our thoughts uh, for the families that were affected in Highland Park. You know, six people were killed in another mass shooting. And uh, when you look to like it's all over the country, uh, Philadelphia, Kenosha had something going on yesterday, you know, on Independence Day of all days. And I don't know, Nick, I just. I don't, we don't usually use this platform to kind of share some things, but this is big and it continues to go on. And I don't know when enough is enough for us as a whole to look at ourselves and figure out how we can make this a better place for everyone to live. But it's just scary times yet again. And I just don't even know, I don't know what to say because I can't fix it. It takes all of us collectively to figure this out. But I was driving all day yesterday and I got home and I saw the news and my heart just continued to break. Yeah, so Stephanie and I, my, uh, my girlfriend, we were actually going to the gym, and then the person right next to us said there was a mass shooting in Highland Park. And immediately, you're in shock. Like that's that's ten minutes away from where we were at. I live mm-hmm. twenty minutes from Highland Park, 
Uh, my my dad and my youngest brother were actually on a bike ride that morning. They were planning on heading to Highland Park. That was like going to be their route. But my younger brother said, oh, let's go in the opposite direction. So they thankfully, you know, went away from where everything was happening. And if you're a Bears fan, you follow Bear, Great Bears coverage. Kevin Fishbane uh, from The Athletic actually had a thread. He was there with his family, with his his child. That's the first parade they've ever been to. Has to take take his child and run. And it's like, it's fucked up. And, you know, yeah. I, we don't we don't talk about, you know, obviously on this platform it's mostly bears, but it's it's becoming so common that you can't even go to a parade. It, you know, something where there's children and just it's supposed to be a lively event and that happens. And there's new new details coming out that the shooter dressed up in, in women's clothing has been playing this out for weeks. And it's like there's, you know, I don't know, just the past couple of months, you just realize how many messed up people there are and what's even more messed up is that these these people that are crazy and have evil in their heart have access to these high-powered weapons mm -hmm. that have no reason to be in society whatsoever and that's that's what pisses me off so much and we do this every time we talk about it nothing changes and yep. then maybe a month from now will it's like we're using this platform again to talk about these things that are, are honestly a part of the norm and that is so messed up that's to the say problem. that Yes, it's so messed up that it is a norm now. You can't go anywhere. A grocery store, a parade, a, a, a kindergarten school. Like, nothing is safe anymore. And it's so fucked up, and I'm so tired of it. Yeah, I think you said it uh, really well there, Nick. It's, it's a multifaceted issue. It's a mental health issue that we're facing in this country, and it's a weapon access issue. And we got to figure out. People who have more power than you and I do need to figure this out for the betterment of you know the entire country. It's just, I, I couldn't believe it, yet I could. Uh, and that's, mm -hmm. you know, it's disturbing that we're at that point. Uh, but I think we should drop it there because, again, I, we can probably have a whole podcast about that. We could. But again, I, I appreciate Riles allowing, you know, appreciating that we took some time here to address it because I, I thought it would be a miss uh, if we just kind of brushed it under the rug. We can't do that, especially when it's in our own backyard in Highland Park. You know, it's a very, it's a safe area generally. Oh, and it's not, safe. it's not because people like I've had people who live, you know, around where I'm at, like, Oh, it's just Chicago. I'm like, no, this is not just Chicago. This is a very yeah. affluent Northern suburb that, you know, and not even excusing what happens in other areas of Chicago, but still it's, it's not what you expect in that area of well, Chicago land. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I saw a lot of, I guess people were putting that in the headlines, Chicago. No, it's not like where the shooter was actually arrested. That's the route. That's the road route 41 that I take three days a week to mm -hmm. go to the CHO studio. Like I saw exactly where I, I'm like, I know where that's at. That's that close, which is, it's crazy, but um, I'm glad we did talk about it. And again, prayers and thoughts to to everyone involved and for the six people who unfortunately lost their lives. Yes. Now, we have a game to preview here today. And this week's opponent, we're up to week 11 already, which is crazy because it feels like yesterday we just started this thing. But we have to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, a.k.a. you know the Bears of the South. And Nick, I was in Atlanta all weekend scouting, so I feel really prepared for this episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, how was that trip? Like, have you been to Atlanta before this past weekend or was this first no. time? Yeah, first time in Atlanta. I've driven through it. I actually had a $400 speeding ticket. I was 19 oh. in Atlanta. It was only 10 over and it. Still, it's the most bogus thing I've ever happened in my entire life. Like 10 over, really? $400? Get out of here. But 
Uh, we got to take our baby to go meet his great grandpa. And as mm. some people listening know, like I'm William the fourth of our the lineage of my family. My baby is William Frederick DeWitt the fifth. And number five, got to meet great grandpa, who is number two. That's my awesome. dad came along. So all four of the Williams who are alive got together for a few different days. And uh, it was a really special moment. And it was kind of neat to see the baby just automatically kind of take to his great grandpa. Like those instincts are there. Like you just kind of mm-hmm. know. And uh, yeah, grandpa played his guitar and he was telling Ooh. us like about more about his, his parents, which are maybe my great grandparents. And uh, they died when I was like seven, eight. So I didn't know him too well. don't remember too much, but I guess my great grandma was a Cubs fan. My great grandpa was a Sox fan. And this is back in the day of like a one TV household. And when both wow. teams played at the same time, there were some arguments uh, to be had at the DeWitt household of what game was the one to put on the TV. But yeah, it was a good time uh, to say the least. Uh, but I don't want to get into everything we did because that would be yet another episode. But the fact that we had all four of us Williams together, I think is a really special uh, moment for me uh, and my family. And I got the inside scoop in the Falcons, which I think is most appropriate here today on the episode. So let's go ahead and bring up the graphic. And let's look at the Falcons from last season. Uh, they were Seven and 10, third in the NFC South. Their head coach is Arthur Smith, who's entering the second year as head coach with the team. Uh, if you look at some of those key additions, quarterback Marcus Mariota, tight end Anthony Frisker, edge Lorenzo Carter. And of course, they lost some players too. Quarterback Matt Ryan, longtime pro bowler there, is no longer on the team. He's over in Indianapolis. Linebacker Foyasad Alukin is gone as well who was i think the leading tackler in the entire nfl last season and they also lost cornerback fabian morrow nick you want to hit on some of those key rookies of that draft class because there were a few yeah there definitely are some guys that should contribute you look at uh wide receiver drake london out of usc being the falcons first uh pick in the first round you have uh let's see i wrote down how to pronounce this man's last name just just because i i needed to uh, figure this out. Obviously, you have Arnold, and it's Ebicati. Ebicati. Yeah, Ebicati. Good job. There we go. Yes, got it down. I had to listen to that like four times. Uh, and then la- linebacker Troy Anderson, who I really liked. He was the uh, linebacker out of Montana State who played on offense. There's a bunch of different things, but super athletic. Can be a guy that can definitely contribute to Atlanta, that Atlanta Falcons defense year one. And then you have quarterback Desmond Ritter, who if you're looking at the quarterback situation in Atlanta, yes, they have Marcus Mariota, but maybe Desmond Ritter is a wild card later on in the season. So they definitely added some guys that in year one could definitely make some contributions. Yeah, I was looking at an article today from The Athletic about really their quarterback situation. You know, mm-hmm. Mariota has 61 career starts. He hasn't started a game since 20. 20- 19. Uh, I apologize. It was actually on ESPN. I was reading a few different articles to catch up here today. ESPN Falcons beat writer Michael uh, Rothstein uh, was looking at like, hey, when could we see Ritter? And one of the games that he suggested would be this Bears-Falcons mm-hmm. matchup because the Falcons play a Thursday nighter the week before. So you have a little extra time uh, to prepare for that first career start uh, for a third round quarterback. And they mentioned like, yeah, Mariota struggling throughout the most of the season. And they're looking, all right, when can we get this rookie in there to give them, you know, evaluation this week, 11 matchup against the bears was the very first one listed uh, in that article. So who knows, maybe this would be a, a game in which the bears see a rookie quarterback and, I guess regardless, I'm not fearful of Mariota or Ritter in this matchup. 
Uh, but when you look at this offense, Nick, what stands out to you heading into you know this week 11 matchup? So much can change between now and then, but as it stands today. I think when, when I'm looking at this this Falcons team as it currently stands, obviously you look at that quarterback situation, but outside of Drake London, Will, like who is Mariota or whether it's Ritter really throwing to? Yes, you have Kyle Pitts, who had a fantastic first uh, you know, rookie season, but you no longer have Russell Gage as Cordell Patterson automatically the number two, like someone the guy that obviously Bears fans are very familiar with. So, and obviously Calvin Ridley is not a part of the situation for the entire year being suspended for the gambling. So there's not too many weapons on that side. And then when you look at the running back situation, it's Patterson who was the leading rusher for that team. Then Mike Davis, another former bear. So it's an interesting team that, and I was reading a lot of the athletic articles too on the Falcons. They say they're not doing a rebuild. They won't say that, but just you look at the roster and how it currently stands. It is an uphill battle. I would say, in, in terms of what they're bringing to the table. But obviously, you can never overlook any opponent, especially if you're the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you really can't. And when you look at those weapons, you mentioned no Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, you can't gamble on your own team. That's just a no-no. Please don't do that. Uh, lost Russell Gage, 770 yards, four touchdowns a year ago. And like I said, Kyle Pitts was the leading receiver. I would expect that to happen yet again. Uh, they traded for Brian Edwards. Uh, out of the mm-hmm. Raiders. So he kind of came uh, with Marcus Mariota. So they have some familiarity, at least practicing with one another. He has a career average of 17 yards per catch. Uh, on the athletic, there's an article from Josh Kendall who mentioned that Edwards ran 136 go routes last year, uh, which is the 18th most in the entire NFL. And the Falcons last year as a team were the 31st ranked team in terms of running go routes. They didn't have a true deep threat on mm-hmm. the team. Edwards gives them that guy. So that's someone when you're looking at what does what should Bears fans expect out of him? Brian Edwards is kind of like their deep threat player. And then he mentioned one of the guys already too, uh, with Drake London. You know, six foot four, two hundred twenty pound receiver has good speed, decent route runner, and he's someone that we looked into a little bit as a potential option for the Bears uh, as well when we we're just doing our homework. You know, off and on and. He's someone that I would expect to jump in and have to be like I, I, just looking at the roster. He has to be an instant contributor right away for this Falcons offense. Which, by the way, you remember who that their coordinator is, right? Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, remind me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. I was just about to like. Oh, I know this. You should, what former yeah. bear is it? What former like well, Bears member it. is it? Yeah, but uh, former also, Bears here. But yeah, uh, quarterbacks coach 2016 to 19, passing game coordinator last uh, two years ago for the Bears 2020. And now he's offensive coordinator. Like we've seen this guy's rise firsthand, and now he's able to you know, handle an offense there in Atlanta with not a lot of weapons, which is something he unfortunately is kind of used to. <laughs> yeah. When you come from the Chicago Bears organization, that is uh, something that you do have to get used to. Another interesting note about like the wide receivers that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be throwing out this season on the athletic. Um, uh, one of the articles had stated that like the, if you look at 2021 and like the size of the wide receivers, there was like six, two, six, one, six, one, six feet and five, eight. That's who they were throwing out there this season. As you kind of mentioned, Drake London, their roster looks complete. It's more like a basketball team in terms of the wire, the, the weapons that they'll be throwing to. You have a guy, and he just lists the heights of these players. 6'5", 6'5", 6'3", 6'2", 6'2", 6'1", and so on and so forth. So a much larger, um, I guess, wide receiver or just targets for Mariota, Ritter, whoever it is that's going to be playing quarterback this season. 
to actually, you know, give the ball to. So you got to factor in that height as something that the Bears are also going to have to battle once they, they face them in week 11. That's a really good point. That's a, that'll be an interesting test, just the the height uh, that they're going to be bringing to the table, regardless who's under center for them. As we look at it, and again, it's interesting in so many different ways, that running back room, uh, yet again, you mentioned Cordero Patterson uh, being their leading rusher. He had over 1,100 scrimmage yards and 11 yeah. touchdowns on offense last year. And for a guy that the Bears couldn't figure out what to do with, and he struggled in so many ways for him to go to Atlanta and burst on the scene like he did was it was good for him to watch. It kind of sucks as a Bears fan knowing like you had that guy in your roster and you couldn't figure things out with him. But his end of the season wasn't great. Only 71 rushing yards over the last four games of the year. He kind of fell off a bit down the stretch, but they're still banking on a big season out of him. Uh, they have Damian Williams on the roster. Yes. Bears fans remember him from last year. He only got 40 carries uh, with the team a, a season ago. And then they drafted rookie Tyler uh, Algier, fifth round mm -hmm. running back out of BYU, who had a back-to-back 1,000-yard -back season. Uh, I know the vibe in Atlanta is that they can develop him into a three-down back. They're not expecting him to be that guy immediately. Uh, but that is someone that by the time you get to week 11, he could be carving out a role for him on offense as well. That typical three down back receiving skills, powerful in between the tackles is what you get out of Tyler there. But I don't know, Nick, I just don't find myself really sweating many bullets when I at least look at the Falcons on offense. Yeah. And it, honestly, the same could be said about defense before we get mm -hmm. there though. And like you said, you just mentioned the running back they drafted. I mentioned Mike Davis, who no longer is on the Falcons team this season, was there last year, was their second leading rusher, but now he's with the Baltimore Ravens. So it's going to be a lot of young guys that, you know, very similar to the Bears, right? A lot of young guys are going to have to contribute, uh, especially on this side of the ball. And when you have a Marcus Mariota and, I, you know, fine, he's, a fi he's okay, like a serviceable backup, but now being thrust into the starting role, Let's see what he can he can now do now that this is for now his team going into into training camp and for at least the, the beginning of the season. But yeah, it's a, a lot of young weapons. And if you're looking for some of the teams that don't bring as much to the table, this would, this would definitely be one of them. And you look at some of the teams like they beat last season, Will, and they did have seven wins in that NFC South. They look here's who they beat: the Giants, Jets. Dolphins, Saints, Jaguars, Panthers, and Lions. And then they had a two-week stretch against the Cowboys and Patriots when they lost 68 to 3. So they they got their they got whooped for a majority of the season. And then that kind of leads into the conversation about this defense where they're not very good either. Well, there's a lot of stats that we could pull up about this Falcons defense, what they couldn't do, and why that can maybe present some opportunities for the Bears. Oh, like couldn't stop offenses giving up 20, you know, the what 27 points per game last year, which mm -hmm. was the third most in a the league. They couldn't stop them in terms of yardage either. 25th in the NFL, allowing 364 yards per game. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. the one stat that really glares at me still is those sacks. 18, yeah. a measly 18 last. sacks last year. Dead last. Robert Quinn had more. Robert Quinn had 18 and a half. <laughs> oh, my go. God. Wow. wow. I'd even put that together. He had more <laughs> sacks by himself than the entire Atlanta Falcons defense a year ago. Defensive coordinator Dean Pease, you know, he is the oldest coordinator in the league and one of the oldest coaches in NFL history. Uh, I 
don't know if he's a little out of touch or if he's a little checked out. He's still here, so the Falcons must believe he's going to be able to provide them uh, with something. I know last year he just didn't have a lot to work with either, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to you know totally rip him to shreds. He just didn't have many tools in the toolbox to actually go out and deploy, but that's why they brought in Lorenzo Carter to give more sacks. He had well, only five sacks last year and 31 pressures in 14 games, but all five of those sacks did come in the final four games of the season for the Giants, while Carter did. Uh, so he is someone that was playing some really good football down there as well. And then they drafted that rookie, Arnold. Was How did you get it? Come on. Evacati? Evacati. There you go. Evacati. I had to scroll up for my pronunciation guide as well on my notes. Evacati <laughs> is someone that, I guess, by just looking at the depth, just he's going to be thrown into the fire. And mm-hmm. he's going to have to be able to produce right away for them. Uh, as well, uh, you know, people are very excited about his potential for him to make an early impact. And I, I can see why as well. When we're looking at this defense, is there anything else that just doesn't, you know, give you any issues? I know their linebacking core is one that I look at. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, and that too, like you talked about, like, Evacati's got to be a guy that contributes. Lorenzo Carter, who didn't really pan out with the New York Giants, has to contribute. And they lost Dante Fowler Jr. to the Dallas Cowboys. He had the most sacks in that team with four and a half. Um, you also look at Alukin, Alukin, whatever the linebacker had the most tackles in the league. He was mm-hmm. he also actually contributed two sacks for them. So you're losing guys that kind of, you know had some production for this Atlanta Falcons team, and now you are replacing it with guys that obviously rookie. And you need to see what what they can be um, in terms of. Uh, Arnold uh, Evacati and then Lorenzo Carter, see if he can be an upgrade or be serviceable there. I do like um, the the cornerback out of uh, Clemson, A.J. Terrell, mm-hmm. being that first, former first-round draft pick uh, in 2020, had 16 passes defended, so he's a good defender for them. Also, you look at um, some of their safeties that they have. They, you know, made some plays here and there. They also had Tajay Sharp, right? Or no, yeah, for a little bit of the season, mm-hmm. Tajay Sharp. Someone who's now on the Bears, um, but that's going back to offense. Uh, I see – well, the reason why I'm looking here, I'm looking at defense, and Tajay Sharp is uh, in the tackles category. Oh, boy. Yeah, and he's not even that far down. I'm like, wait, what the hell? Why does he see Tajay Sharp here? I'm like, oh, let's see how – he made uh, – well, I guess one total t- – oh, the sacks. So I characterized in the sacks, so that's why Tajay Sharp is kind of up there with mm. zero. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it was a bad defense last season. Yes. A bad team, and that's why, you know, this is a game, even though it's on the road for the Bears, the Bears have a good shot. Like, they really do against a team that doesn't have many weapons. They're not They're not saying they're rebuilding. Similar to the Bears, they're not saying they're rebuilding. But, man, there's a lot of work to be done on just what the, the Falcons need to do. They do. Uh, I like the cornerback group. You mentioned, you know, A.J. Terrell. He had 81 tackles to go with those 16 PBUs and three interceptions. That was only his second year. And that was a big leap that he took in year two for Atlanta. His passer rating allowed his rookie year was 109. Last season, it dropped down to 47.5. Like this kid kind of came to his own a bit. In year three, I would expect him to kind of continue what he's able to play. It was the second highest PFF uh, coverage grade for all cornerbacks right behind Jalen Ramsey to kind of put that into mm-hmm. uh, perspective for some uh, for Bears fans here. They also brought in Casey Hayward, who had a really good season last year, seven PPUs, an interception, only allowing a 50% completion rate when targeted. So he's 
you know, at least that's an area where I can see them matching up against the Bears. But the defensive line doesn't worry me. Uh, when I saw that, you know, uh, Alukin, uh, who went to the Jaguars, by the way, led the entire NFL with 192 tackles. And Deion Jones, who was not playing well last year, had 130 tackles. Just screams that the defensive line was not doing their job at all. If the linebackers had to clean up, you know, that much themselves, and they'll have two new starting linebackers, whether it be rookie Troy Anderson, as you mentioned, they did bring in Nick Wachowski and a former Bear, oh, yeah. uh, as, as well as Rashawn Evans from the Titans. Uh, so there will be maybe a little mini battle for them uh, for those positions as well. But yeah, that's really it. Slot corner Isaiah Oliver missed 13 games last year, so they're going to be excited. He's back. He was a decent player. Uh, so if I'm looking at a position of strength. It's going to be that cornerback room for mm-hmm. this Falcons defense. The one guy I will mention, and we do have to mention his name because he can cause problems is Grady Jarrett. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a guy that can, you know, get in the interior, whether it's whoever's at right guard or, you know, he did have a couple of good one-on-one matchups the last time the bears played, um, the Falcons in Atlanta. So that's a guy that if he's healthy at this point in the season, you're looking at that's the guy that you need to block on any given play because he can really cause some havoc and get in the backfield. So Grady Jarrett's the, I think the one defender that you look at everywhere. Obviously we talked about AJ Terrell, but Grady Jarrett can get to the quarterback and cause some havoc. Good call. Glad you brought him up Uh, real quickly. Let's look at all the former Bears on this team, just to throw it into perspective. Uh, at least this is the list I was able to come with up with. Nick, if there's anyone else I'm, I'm missing, let me know. But I got Demir Bird, Jermaine yeah. Fetty, Nick Wachowski, Cordero Patterson. I'm throwing Rashad Smith in there. I know he didn't get to play for the Bears, but he was a UDFA that signed. They had a really good preseason, and then the Steelers poached him after the fact. He didn't clear waivers. Uh, Tease Tabor, Elijah Wilkinson. And Damian Williams is the current list. I know there used to be more, but I think they kind of got uh, pruned a bit. Uh, yeah, I'm like scroll. I'm scrolling through quickly the roster to see if anybody else comes up that you didn't mention. Did you mention Jermaine Fetty? I think you did. Yes. Okay. Yep. So I think, that, man, that's still a lot of that's former still a lot. Bears, though. It's crazy. Like, hey, let's let's bring you to this team and see what you can do here. But it's uh, I think you. Yeah, you got them all there, Will. Um, not unless, hey, maybe they might add someone later. Who knows? Ryan Pace? You want to talk about Ryan Pace? Player. Well, I yeah, meant sure. on the field. Players. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, you can Ryan also Pace, ask Ragone. Yeah. Ragone, yeah, so, yeah. Phil Emery, Ryan Pace. It's it's all over. Jeez, the, Chicago, the Chicago Falcons or Atlanta Bears. That's That's what this whiteboard is for. Well, it's they're, Atlanta they're Bears. Lines. It can't be the Chicago Falcons because they play in Atlanta. So I'm going to go with Atlanta Bears. Uh, Lawrence, if you don't mind, can we throw up those points bet numbers real quickly for some people? And I can ramble those off real quick. So just getting an idea of what our partners at points bet and what they're kind of expecting out of the Falcons this year. Their odds to win the Super Bowl is sitting at plus 25,000, uh, which is the second biggest odds, I guess, because they're ranked 31st mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that as well. To win the NFC, they're at plus 10,000, which is dead last in the conference even a little bit worse than the Bears, plus 2,500 to win the NFC South, which is fourth. And they're over-under this year set at 4.5 wins. So they're definitely expecting uh, some serious regression as the Falcons go throughout this rebuild. Uh, the over for that is at negative 105, and the under is at minus 115. And, you know, 
looking at those numbers and talking about points bet just wants me to remind everyone that the best way that they can support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 more first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a more than $50 first time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to email pointsbet at allchgo.com and our team will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. See an edge in the game that you're watching. Is your favorite team prime for a comeback? Don't just watch the game, bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash out. So follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the action all game long. So download the points bet app right now and use that promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet, live your bet life with points bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family at this point, I don't know, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the start of the season? You're going to miss all the training camp coverage? Better get to that right now. Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member. You can see if you're watching the sweet CHEO Skyline one. I have that one purchased. I cannot wait until that gets here. And you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows on every team every day. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right, you're listening to the CHGO Bears podcast. I'm your host, Wit, joined by Nicholas Moriano. We are previewing this Bears Week 11 matchup against the Atlanta Bears. Ha, see how I just threw it in there. So casual. It works out well. And I know I just mentioned points bet, and we've talked about it for a few minutes now, but I have uh, the play of the week, P-O-T-W. P-O-T-W, yeah. yeah. Am oh, I yeah. rolling with it? It's me. Oh, yeah. That's nice. what I call it. <laughs> I, I like it. So for me, I was looking and – I didn't want to go with baseball. Uh, I, and I was like, we're talking about this bears Falcons game. Let's find something that fits. So I was looking through some NFL futures and odds. And I saw that Drake London's total receiving yards right now. It's set at 769.5 with the under over both set at minus 115. We already mentioned no Russell Gage who had 770 yards last year. He's gone. No Calvin Ridley, uh, and I don't know if mentioning him in his points bet app is you know good right now, because <laughs> how all, all things are shaking out with him. But outside of yeah. Kyle Pitts, it True. has to be London just getting a ton of looks uh, for this Falcons offense. Four rookies last year had 770 or more yards receiving last season, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Jalen Waddle did it last year. He had Tua and Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball down there in Miami. Amon Ross St. Brown did it last year, and he had Jared Goff throwing him the football in Detroit. So Marcus Mariota, I don't think he'd be much of a handicap here. The Falcons may not be able to run the ball well. We looked at that running back room. They should be playing from behind a lot. So to me, I just feel like this is an easy over for Drake London over here. I know, Nick, you had a slight disagreement, though, in the pre-meeting you know, before this show, huh? You wanted to go with the under. Yeah, 769 and a half, correct? That's, that's the number there? Yep. It's a nice number, seven sixty nine. Uh, I'm going. I'm going under though. I I, oh. I just don't. I just have to see what Marcus Mariota is about. And if what if if they have a quarterback change, it's very similar to you know, um, just uh, what Miami had a couple quarterbacks play last last year. And yes, Jalen Waddle was able to get it, but 
man, like it's it's Kyle, Kyle Pitts on one end, Drake London on the other. It's it's not gonna. Be, I think it might be right around there. It could be right around there, Will, and I could I I could see how it could get to the over, but I would take the under on this just because we just talked about the lack of weapons that Atlanta has, and they have them regressing to the four and a half wins uh, on the season for a reason. I don't know if this is just going to be a very good offense, um, regardless of who's playing quarterback and the lack of weapons. So for me, I'm going under. Okay, I, I just like even though they may not have the weapons, they may not have the best quarterback situation. I expect them to be passing the ball a lot. Someone and I expect a lot of those passes to go Drake London's way because, like he said, yep. someone has to catch him. And I, I believe that if they want to see what London's all about in his rookie season, which they will, I can easily see him getting 100 targets this year. And if he does, I think he easily will hit the over. But I like that we have slightly different, I guess, perspectives and assumptions about how this year is going to go for Drake London. And exactly, Dark Onyx, somebody has to catch the ball at some point. We've seen in Chicago, we've seen guys have a decent amount of yards, not be able to do much at, you know, outside of it. And it may be meaningless yards, but when it comes to betting, like, it doesn't matter what the yards, the substance behind them, as long as he kind of racks them up. But what are you lo- looking at? You look like you're in full investigation mode. I am. I just kind of wanted to see what, what did Darnell Mooney have in his first? Okay, 631 in a crappy offense with, yeah, no, I, just, I was just looking at wide receivers and maybe he, he could get there. He's, he's a very talented wide receiver. And with that big body and radius, uh, radius, I could see it. I also see Cody's uh mm-hmm. comment here. R.I.P. Nick Stash. I know, gone. Yeah, gone Cody. You know, but never great personality on our Cubs podcast here at CHGO. Uh, awesome. Paying homage to uh, Nick Stash there, at least sending some condolences to. I guess your face. I guess so. Like, yeah. Well, yep. I'll be back. All right, so we've kind of poo-pooed on the Falcons <laughs> throughout <laughs> the last 25 minutes or so here. So I feel like where this is going to go, but Nick, I have to ask, like, as of now, who do you have winning this game? Uh, I know back in our schedule preview when it first came out, I had the Bears winning this one. I still have the Bears winning this game. It's a very winnable game. It's a very winnable game, and I know a lot of Bears fans agree. So still sticking with the Bears coming out with the W in this one. Same. Uh, I don't think I I don't believe I even thought twice about it. Like as I was doing this preview, like should I change it? No, it's there's to me. I'm not gonna say there's no way the Bears lose because any given Sunday sure, in the yeah. NFL, the margin's closer than a lot of people think. However, I think the Bears are the better team on paper. I think they'll be a better coach team at this point. And once we get to like week 10, week 11 here, I expect this Bears offense to be, I don't know, not rolling 100%, but I think playing at a higher level than we've seen in you know some time here in this Bears defense, the same thing. The Bears are just a better team uh, any way you slice it, and so I'll give them uh, the edge here so far. All right, I think that's going to do it for our Falcons preview, which leads us to our next segment here, which is my player preview. And today I have a wide receiver to share with you all, and it's going to be Byron Pringle. Now, one of the new guys in town coming over from Kansas City, where he had a season full of career highs, uh, five receiving touchdowns in a regular season, uh, 42 catches, 568 yards, averaging over 13 yards per catch. My advanced stat to know, I want to share it here today. It's uh, his pass rating when targeted. I was 135.5 last year. That was the third best in the NFL among receivers who saw at least 46 targets. And I know... He was playing with a damn good quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, but 
his pass rating, Mahomes was, was the highest when he did throw to Byron Pringle last season. Uh, when you look at what he did last year, you know, towards the end, I thought he played really well. He had two really good games against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, both towards the end of the regular season and yet again in a wild card round against them. Uh, each of those contests, he had two receiving touchdowns uh, as well, both week 16 and in a wild card. And when I look at Pringle's season, what he brings to the table, uh, I, he's someone that just like it's a consistent theme. He's a receiver that can make things happen after the catch uh, better than a lot of the Bears were able to do last season. Uh, he's a player that can be effective at all three levels of the field, whether it's in a short, intermediate, or as a deep threat as well. And throughout Kansas City, he's someone who got better each and every season. So Bears general manager Ryan Poles, who was working in Kansas City, got to kind of see his rise you know, firsthand. And I, that's why he's bringing him in Chicago. Not to be the receiver we saw last year either. Like He's bringing him in on a one-year prove-a-deal to say, hey, show me you have not reached your ceiling just yet. That You still have more underneath you know potential to tap into in a larger role and that's what he's coming into chicago to do become the bears wide receiver too he saw 60 targets last year by no means do i expect him to see less than 80 targets in this defense this uh, this offense this year for the bears the question i have is can he make those additional targets and touches meaningful because it's one thing to get more looks get more you know chances but if his production's about the same then it that's not really moving the needle for me. I need him to be able to take those targets and move them into being a you know one, impactful uh, in this Bears offense. He's joining Darnell Mooney, who had a thousand yards last year. Cole Komet was only sixty-three yards away from being a tight, top ten tight end last year too, and so he does have some players to work with. It's not like he's going from well, he's going from two All Pros to two guys that are up and coming youngsters, but I still think. He can be a serviceable option here for the Bears, who I don't expect has reached his ceiling just yet. And I know I mentioned he's in that prove-it deal, and I think he will prove it. Brian Pringle will here right now. He'll play with a chip on his shoulder. I know he has some of the off the field, that little issue with you know doing donuts in a parking lot. To me, that's not uh, an issue whatsoever at this stage. But if I'm looking for a prediction, uh, I'm giving him 63 catches on 90 targets, 820 yards and six touchdowns, which is a modest jump up from last season when you look at byron pringle what questions do you have or what's your just expected outlook for him in this bears offense i think the big thing with byron pringle is everyone's trying to figure out well what can he do now that he's not in kansas city's offense and you mentioned all the great players he's playing with and obviously patrick mahomes a quarterback that he had but i went back and, and watched the week 16 game against the pittsburgh steelers a lot of what he did so well in that game is from individual effort and not so much about the guys that he's playing with. There's plays, Will, where he's just blocking along the boundary on a second, it was second and seven, it was a screen pass. Byron Pringle, he's the blocker. He makes a hell of a block to, uh, it was Hardman, the wide receiver. He's able to go around the block and get a first down. That's all just individual effort from Byron Pringle. One of the touchdowns he scores is a scramble drill where Byron Pringle needs to be on the same exact page as Patrick Mahomes and individual effort just knowing which way to go and how to get himself open. The second touchdown he scores in that game, it's a slant route. He's about, he's still, what, maybe 13 yards away from the end zone. He makes one guy miss with a stiff arm and then is able to duck under two guys. Again, individual effort that he's showing that made those plays work. So 
despite having the talented players around him, it's still what he did. And now mm -hmm. if he can bring that same mentality on this one-year prove-it deal that you mentioned to a team that is in need of people to make those individual type plays, then you can see how this can work and why Ryan Poles brought him into Chicago to help elevate this wide receiving core. And there's been plays in, in these mini camp OTAs where he's open on these over routes. He's showing that speed. He's showing that ability to catch. And I think if he's able to bring that mentality that I just saw in week 16 against Pittsburgh and even in the second game, the in the wild card game, like that's going to translate. That's going to work. And that's how you can see more meaningful reps like you were talking about, Will, and how he could be a nice complimentary piece to a Darnell Mooney. So there are a lot of things that I like from from Byron Pringle. And the Bears obviously decided, hey, let's give this guy a prove it one year prove it deal and see how it can work out in our offense with Luke Getze and Justin Fields. I like how you put it uh, in terms of the individual effort. I think that's a great way of explaining, you know, what type of player he is in terms of like the intensity that he likes to play mm -hmm. with. And he doesn't loaf. And, you know, in this, no. in this offense, in this team now, like you're not going to be able to do that anyway. But there are times I would say over the last few seasons when you're watching the bear, like the screen games that never worked uh, and not getting the blocking downfield to spring, either the running backs or some of these receivers with the balls in their hands. He's going to help that. Like he's going to help Darnell Mooney because he's going to be able to seal some defenders downfield and extend some uh -huh. of these plays, allow Mooney get that one additional block to you know make something else happen, or maybe a Valus Jones Jr. too, another player that's expected to get the ball out in his hands pretty quickly. And so then if you have you know, Pringle downfield blocking, that's just going to make his job easier too. Same thing with some of these runs that you know hopefully we're talking about runs that can get five, six, seven yards downfield, and if you have that additional block on the edge, on the outside from a receiver, it just makes those running backs job so much easier uh, as they can continue to make some of those plays even bigger in this offense. And the bears have lacked explosive plays for years. Having oh, yeah. a guy who's really good at blocking downfield should really help that as well. And we've seen Allen Robinson do it in the past, set some of those plays up before, but I don't know if I saw those same sorts of plays from number 12 last year for the bears. There were times where I thought I just let a guy go. And so having someone that's really up there blocking uh, downfield and those edges really should help a lot. And I just wanted to mention what I meant by like, make those targets count. Like I was thinking like Tariq Cohen, right? Like the 20, 18 season when he had 71 catches and he was able to get to the end zone five different times over 730 yards. Great. And then next year he had more catches, 79 catches. His targets went up too by 15, but his yards went down. He, his uh, yards per catch almost got cut in half. Like mm -hmm. we can't have that happen. Pringle can't get more looks and have his yards per catch yards per reception dip that much. He needs to be able to still be a guy that can get double digits yards per reception, despite having a larger role. That's what I was kind of getting to there. And just want to make sure I kind of put that in a, in a stronger light. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like a lot of those times too, where you get the, the empty yards, the empty production is when you're getting blown out in games, right? When you have to dink and dunk down the field and maybe score a meaningless touchdown. And you don't want that to be the case for Byron Pringle. You want the, the catches that he does make the, the, hopefully the touchdowns that he catches to be when when the game is still in play, when the Bears are still trying to make something out of it. So that would be the best case scenario for um, a Byron Pringle, for this Bears offense, and, and Justin Fields ultimately. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I think 
There's a lot that Pringle brings the Bears that Chicago has needed for years at the position. And speaking about giving someone what they need, Nick, I think you have a message for our listeners from Repals at Owen. Yes, and actually, uh, speaking of Owen, they just got delivered outside my doorstep. So I'm going to get those after this podcast here. Thank you, Amazon. Uh, our next partnership <laughs> is from our one of my personal favorites, Owen, which stands for Only What You Need. This brand is a 100% plant-based protein company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday and especially after those intense workouts. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3s, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale and spinach, and all these amazing ingredients reinforce what Owen stands for, only what you need. I've been using Owen for the last two years. We at CHGO have been using it now. Got everybody hooked. And the Pro Elite Chocolate Shake, easily my personal favorite. And what's cool about Owen, first heard about them from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join us here at CHGO and Justin Fields and try Owen, only what you need. And I just want to make sure people know, like if you're not a member of CHGO yet, and they can just ask you to do it like 20 minutes ago, if you still haven't joined Come on, man. Like, let's do this thing already. It's we're doing like we're building something special here at CHGO. And you know, you see all these podcasts every single day, not just this Bears one, but on every single team here in Chicago. I'm looking forward to getting back to post-game shows. Like that's been something yes. I've been doing since 2015. And you know, we're doing them right now. You have Cubs and Sox, but by golly, like I am looking forward to seeing how I'll say it, how lit. Those post-game shows are going to be once this Bears season rolls around. And Nick hit on that premium written content for all members and allcshow.com. I've been cranking out free content, too, for you guys with my player previews. I've written 26, and I still have a, a decent chunk to go here. But <laughs> we're getting there uh, every single day. We, we show you these awesome shirts or tell you about them as well. Uh, you know, that dope merch on every you know all the teams that we have. And we're looking at this new release that Nick's ordered and I ordered and I'm sure you mm -hmm. want it too. I love the skyline. I just really do. And I'll mention it one more time. The bean is the perfect touch. That really makes that shirt too. Yep. And you get a free shirt when you become a member. Being a member, it's cheaper than Netflix. And you get to support local journalists. So allow us to continue doing what we're doing here. And Nick and I's you know, dream for years is to be able to cover the Bears for a full-time job. And a lot of our listeners, like you, you've made it possible for us. Joining CHGO will help us do that for years to come. And we're also, you can join the CHGO Lounge, which is our members-only Discord. Uh, it's an app uh, and a website that you can use to, like, chat with us privately. I have in different channels, like a Bears chat with all other Bears fans. It's a really neat community. And I know that once we get to the Season 2, I'm looking to do, you know, like, specific mailbags that the questions mm -hmm. come specifically from the Discord. And it's just a great place to, you know, talk with us that, you know, it's a little bit more intimate than Twitter or social media in general. And it's a great community to be surrounded by other Bears fans. So head to allcshield.com and just check out, you know, our membership. Again, it's cheaper than Netflix and you get to support guys like us doing what we love. And we would really appreciate, you know, you here. And I look forward to welcoming you to our family once you join. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Nick, what do we got left? Um, well. Nothing, and that's why that's a, so. That's the thing too with these shows. There's nothing going on in the offseason. Like we, we're obviously previewing all these the, uh, the teams the Bears are going to play, but 
train camp doesn't we don't have to be a train camp till the 23rd so we're just kind of giving you bears substance i know bears fans love their content and they're loving the the preview articles i'm actually gonna have a, a series start out coming out tomorrow that's also going to preview some plays and players from their best and worst games from pff and give you some of the highlight plays there so that's going to start tomorrow but well that's what that's what's the uh the i don't know the the good part about these shows we don't have to go an hour that's just, true. They, that is true. Like we've been capping these off in forty-five minutes, but we appreciate everyone that tunes in every single day and creates the conversation. But if anybody has maybe some last Bears questions before we head out, or person, whatever, doesn't matter. Any kind of question, you could throw them in the chat and well, we'll answer them you know, here. I'll jump in and say oh, that boy. you know there's a lot of people that are upset about the stash, so I I I put it back. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now I love it. Technically, that's Magnum PI from uh, the okay. 80s. Mm, uh, yes, but I just thought that maybe. I mean, come on, that just looks so much better. What are we doing, Nick? Come on. I, I, I know. I, I was really enjoying the mustache. Look, okay, so yesterday in the gym, the biggest dude in the gym. Like, uh, I was going to my locker. He comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm like, "Oh shit, you're the you're the big guy." I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, and he points to the mustache. He has a mustache too. I'm like, I, I like your mustache. He's like, that's why I'm talking to you. I'm like, oh, oh, oh look at that recognition. Then I laughed because I was kind of scared. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, people, I don't know why people have interacted with me now that I had the stash. Now, now no one talks to me anymore. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely a different, it's a lifestyle. Definitely yeah. a different class of people will talk to you when you have that beautiful mustache. Apparently, so, I didn't know that was a thing, but it'll be back. Anyways. Bring it back. We need, we need my, my, I think my family's saying, do like a playoff mustache. I'm like, well, with the Bears, like, yeah, then you'll never see it. Uh, it would yeah. be a stubble by the time the run's over, too. Exactly. Exactly. But there wouldn't be anything. So it wouldn't last very long. So, real quick, I, I know we asked for questions. I did see one, and it's not about the Bears, though, but it came from uh, Michael wondering, hey, like, when we sign up for a membership, like, do we get to choose a shirt? And, like, hell yeah, you do. Like, we're not going to just force one on you. You get a no. shirt of your choice. You can... No. Yes. Yes, we do. We allow them. <laughs> Freedom of choice here. But, yeah, you can yeah. choose your shirt. You can get any CHO shirt, whether it be the if Bears, you want this any one, of the teams. Yeah. The one Nick's wearing, which is one of my favorites as well, but. Yes, you get to choose your own shirt, and I appreciate you checking uh, and verifying. So hopefully that's enough to entice you to, to join the fam. Uh, Cody says he, he wants that mustache back by week one. Come on. Yeah, I, sure. Yeah, I could, I could do that. I, I mean, no, Jonathan. It, look, my girlfriend liked the stash. It was my dad, of all people. He, he can't grow a mustache. Like not like mine oh, at least. So I think that's what, what it, it is. is. Yeah, I think there's a little jealousy there. So um, yeah, no, but Jonathan girlfriend was opening up to the mustache and everything that it was about. But my dad, no more stash. <laughs> Come on, Mister Mariano, Mariano. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, uh, here's a Hendrix question for you before we go. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. This is about this is the Don Burr. I shouldn't even ask this. Sorry. I, uh, I, 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 I do see one yeah, from Love yeah. Date that it looks like it's a question. Eh, for never us. mind. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just saw the question mark. Yeah. Good luck, you're, Don Burr. You're good. I, from the one from Love Dave, though, I think uh, a lot of Bears podcasters are talking like improvement is likely in the next year. Not to sound negative, but it seems like a lot of unknowns to stand from loop behind positively. Why? 
I can speak for myself and I've been podcasting about this team for seven years. I try to approach it glass half full. I really do. Uh, however, why I'm feeling positive is I do believe they have the right leadership in place. Like I feel that uh, with Nagy, I felt excited yet nervous the whole tenure. John Fox, we knew it was kind of like a Band-Aid at that. Uh, but now with polls and Coach Flues, I really feel like this team has leaders that are respected. And I think that's huge and something has been missing. And there's a lot of players with potential uh, on this team that are young. And I, I feel like we have the guy, right guy in place to kind of build around Justin Fields. And maybe a slow march. And next year with all the cap space, they'll be able to bring in whoever they want. As long as they show some promise this year, Chicago should be a decent destination. If Justin Chosey is that guy, if they can win some games here, like those are some reasons why I'm optimistic on top of like some of my personal favorites, like Dale Schoen Jr. I'm expecting a lot of, Byron Pringle I'm expecting some more out of too. Like there are pieces here. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And I, Weirdly enough, I have confidence in both the coaching staff and the front office that, hey, we have some capable men who are going to make the right decisions to get us where we need to be. So uh, how, here, uh, how I'll answer that, this that, is that, like that. this. Yeah, like it's it's July. Why, why, why should we be all pessimistic at this point right now when none of these guys have played games and it's a new coaching staff? There are a lot of unknowns, and we're not going to have answers to any of those questions until the actual season starts. So at this point in time, yeah, maybe the Bears this year are not probably not going to be a very competitive team in terms of the win and loss record. That's fine. But moving forward, yeah, I'm going to be more positive at this point in time. Once games are played and we see how the product is, come back. We'll, we'll see where we're at. We'll reevaluate. But I do like how it's kind of being constructed with Ryan Poles and Matty Rufus. And if you got to trust in Justin Fields, if, if you don't, if you don't trust in Justin Fields, then the whole entire organization just changes. And then you could be pessimistic about everything. But yeah, like it's July. Why not be a little bit positive? I saw Rick Kelly ask, uh, do you think we have a starting uh, side linebacker? So we're looking for a Sam backer. Do we have it on the roster? Or do they need to sign one? I feel like they'll have them on this roster. Uh, Matthew Adams is still around for now, uh, right? Like I didn't miss any news over the weekend. I, I know he his... did uh, get arrested or, or something. Yeah, or... We, Adam and but... I talked about it. Okay. It, was, it was you know having a license, but it wasn't Illinois. I feel like he'll still be around. It's not going to be, be one fine. that he's off the team. He'll be fine. He's someone that can step into that role. They brought in a few other guys as well, and you have it's a position that's not going to see a lot of snaps anyway because the bears will basically be in nickel that's the new base in the nfl so it's two starting backers which would be roquan smith and nicholas morrow and then your sam guy will be in there more like run heavy downs obvious mm -hmm. run situations and i don't think they need to go find someone for that they should be able to identify someone in-house i agree with you 100 percent there will and Aww, i want to yeah. address no man he says that shirt looks like a casino rug i assume he's talking about mine any of mine this is a classy, yeah. classy casino rug, if you're asking me. I mean, come on. Palm trees. Stay right there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Nick leaving us. There goes Nick. Nick is um, gone, but it's okay. Yeah, he just left. I mean, I don't know where he, he went. He, he wanted the Owen. Like, he, oh, yeah, he got delivered, and he ran. He's like, give me the Owen. Right? That's what you did? Like, I'm looking at your, your shirt there, and, like, this, I mean, Close. is this the same? It's, it's a pretty. I got palm trees on mine. Oh, okay. I just yeah. have paint splatter uh well built of course as you know we are built original here. Yes. over here so oh. yeah, i saw you wearing it on friday and i was like i keep getting the ad for that shirt and i liked it I'm like now i can't buy it you can you can get it maybe a different color but oh, so breathable mm. with this heat 
yeah, it's it's definitely a must. Oh yeah, that Imagine was, Studio. <laughs> that was another comment we had. Was uh, I forget where it was? He said, "Is it a hundred degrees there too?" Oh, it, was, it was Jr. Is it a hundred degrees there today too? It's pretty damn hot. Yeah, it's muggy and nasty, and want to be inside. And as we know, the HVAC in studio at CHGO, not the best. So congrats on you guys being remote today. Woohoo! Cody mentioned, you know, I'm like him. We're both positive until our teams hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it happens yeah. too often. But as of right now, I'm ready to be hurt. Again. I mean, you know, Cody's got 162 games to be hurt again. Exactly. It's going to be long about season. 100 this year. So I don't know what right. uh, Nomad is mad about. Man, that is awful, Nick. I believe Are he means your shirt. shirt. I believe he, didn't, he doesn't like our shirts. No, man, you, know, you gotta, you gotta uh, put a little more spice in your uh, shirt game, bro. It's, uh, you know, yeah. open it up, a little spice it up. Yeah. Palm trees, show some chest splatter. like Lawrence is doing right there. Yeah, some you chest. know, it's, yeah. Again, 100 degrees. it's hot, whatever, man. A couple buttons loose, whatever. Why it's not? not uh, you know, I'm not quite uh, the uh, uh, John C. Riley in the Lakers show, not that <laughs> low, but uh, <laughs> all good. All right, well, should we wrap it up here, boys? Yeah, I think we should put a bow on this episode. I want to thank everyone. First of all, if you tuned in live, oh. thank you. If you're watching Thanks, the replay. Jonathan. Ah, look at that. Hey, yeah. Jonathan giving Lawrence some love. Jonathan's a good dude. Uh, he's always Jonathan's been around awesome. for a year, and uh, he's awesome stuff. Uh, thank so thank you again, everyone who tuned in, whether it's live or a replay. doesn't matter. We really appreciate you checking out the show here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to our channel that we get notifications every time uh, we go live. Don't forget, get in on the action with the membership at allchco.com. Uh, get into that Discord. Unlock those written articles. Uh, follow us on social, you know, at CHGO underscore sports, at CHGO underscore bears. You can see Nick at Nicholas Moriano. I'm at Will DeWitt. My L's are ones. Rate, review the show wherever you listen to this podcast. We'd appreciate it. And tomorrow it's Nick and Adam back in the studio. What's in the docket, Mr. Moriano? I have no idea. We haven't created it yet, but it'll be <laughs> good by maybe this afternoon. There you will, have it. Will there be a mustache? Uh, That's my only uh, question. By tomorrow? Probably. Friday. Probably not that good. But By Friday, Nick says. But Friday, by the way, is the next time that I'll see all of y'all. Uh, so have a good rest of your weeks. I'll be watching the show myself. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.